We're currently in a series, if you're unaware, called Practicing the Way of Jesus. Jesus, when he came to earth, he had some incredibly profound and often mysterious and, out, uh, and, and, out, and astounding things to say. He, he, was, he was noted as an incredible teacher. Uh, and practicing and the practicing the way series, what we're what we're looking to do is actually not just look at what he said or consider what he said, but actually consider the way that he lived, because the way that he lived and the time that he did when he was on earth is actually still incredibly relevant to us and how we live today. His 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 name was uh, interpreted or translated as teacher, but originally uh, in the in the original language it means rabbi. And, and a rabbi, to, to follow a rabbi, basically meant to apprentice under a rabbi. And so through this series, we're looking to apprentice under Jesus. We're looking to follow what he did. We're looking to see the, the little synergies and the ways that he lived and consider how he lived and how that can outwork itself for us today. Uh, if, you're, if you're catching up on this uh, and you're new to faith or new to Curate Church, just I want to let you know that you can be uh, studying and looking at Jesus' life through Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. They're the Gospels. It's about, found about two-thirds of the way through the Bible. And so it's a great thing to be doing in this season, studying the life of Jesus. Dallas Willard says it like this. He says, Jesus did not call us to do what he did, but to be as he was, permeated with love. And then the doing of what he did and said will become the natural expression of of who we are in Him. It'll become a natural expression of just outwork itself as we immerse ourselves and permeate His love in us through doing what He did. It'll just become a natural expression of our lives. Uh, recently, uh, I have been doing a, a spiritual discipline called uh, Silence and Solitude, where I've been practicing uh, sitting in silence and getting away by myself. And uh, who knows that often our best laid plans don't necessarily come to fruition. Uh, just a couple of weeks ago, I went down to the beach uh, in Papamoa. Papamoa, uh, not many people down in Papamoa early in the morning on the beach. And so I went down there really early, like in the fives, five something, 5 a.m. And, and, and had my Bible and had some coffee and got, found a comfortable place and and, and decided, right, you know, this, is, this is just a good time, no one around. I'm just going to spend some time with Jesus. I'm going to spend some time in silence and solitude. And I'd been there for a few minutes, and, and I was just getting to that point where the sun was starting to come up, and it was just beautiful, the sound of the waves. It was, it was tranquility, serenity. The serenity was amazing. And, and then just out of the corner of my eye, I saw this guy starting to walk along the beach with what looked like a fishing rod and a trolley. And, uh, and he was walking and I was like, oh, that's interesting. I'll, I'll just try not to be distracted, just continue to remain in this place of silence and solitude with Jesus. And, and as he started to walk closer and closer towards where I was sitting, I was just praying, uh, Lord, just, yeah, keep, make sure this keep guy keeps moving. Keep him, keep him moving. Keep him walking along this beach. I'm praying he's going to not ruin my view and distract me and... And anyway, he walks and he's walking and then, and then lo and behold, he sits up right in front of me when there's like 20 kilometers of beach. There's like to infinity and beyond available for him. I, I don't know whether he saw me or what he was doing, but he's sitting up. He's got his fishing rod there and, and then he, he starts getting his 
things out of his trolley and, and then he pulls out his Yui Boom speaker and then he's got his Yui Boom speaker and then the next thing I know, he has got Pharrell playing some great music. Pharrell is singing to us and, and it's clap along if you feel like... Anyway, it, it's, it's a happy song, and, it, but it's, it's not too loud, but it's quite loud for that time in the morning. And, and then he has not only this Yui boom speaker, he's got a drone. Now, they must be the most annoying noise in the world. Anyway, he gets this drone out, sets it up, and, and he's like, it's like he's learning to use it and practicing, and, and there's happy and my tranquility, the silence is broken and then it is painful and, and I'm a little more than just annoyed and still trying to forgive him. For many of us, from the moment of waking, we are surrounded by noise. Our iPhones, our family, our flatmates, radios, TVs, traffic, meetings on and on and on throughout the day, the noise of people, of stuff. Our whole world is just so noisy. In fact, it is so noisy that a four-second pause in a conversation, even now, say I was to pause for four seconds, is very awkward. It's awkward. It's very awkward. That... There's so much noise that it's almost like the, the external noise is trying to drown out all of the in, internal noise. That, that we've got so much external noise going on that we often actually have so much internal noise going on that our, we, just, we just feel so overwhelmed at times. There's just so much noise happening in us and around us that silence and solitude is actually the furthest thing from where we would be. It's almost like because of the amount of external and internal noise, we can, we can often find ourselves, I believe, living from the surface of our lives and, and, and not the center of it. And, and because of this, we can sometimes, I believe, feel like we can find ourselves a bit reactionary. You know, we can, the, the smallest thing can cause us to be frustrated and annoyed and, or perhaps, you know, even just like an unhelpful comment from a parent or the snarky look from a friend or the kids failing to listen for the 10th time when you ask them to brush their teeth or, or the person who cuts, off, cuts us off on the way to the work. It, 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 we, we, can, we can be reactionary. We, we can often find ourselves with an undercurrent of urgency where, where that, that probably like really goes away. Like we, we sense perhaps that we're always behind or we're always playing catch up or we're never done or we haven't quite amounted do something or haven't quite arrived yet or perhaps we can be quick to get defensive and we can often find ourselves procrastinating or we can have hopes and dreams which only accentuate our lack of accomplishment or achievement or being behind or, or, or perhaps I think because of the noise I think that we can often feel distant from God and end up living off somebody else's spirituality off another podcast or another sermon or another one minute video devotion before we deal to those urgent matters of another football game, the bills or taking off to work or shooting another errand or trade me or websites or whatever else. 
we try and fill our lives with and get another dopamine hit from. I think we often can feel a low-level feeling of anxiety and fatigue or just often plain blah, blah, blah. This may be a little too melodramatic, but it's almost like we're too alive to die and too dead to truly live. It's like we, we often are trying to find ways to escape and develop habits of escapism that continue to numb us and keep us from our deeper fears and feelings and become an all too easy target for the enemy. We can feel distant from ourselves. We can lose sight of our identities and callings and we can become so removed from ourselves that we begin to lose what makes ourselves unique. With the amount of noise that we allow into our lives and, 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 we, and we have inside ourselves internally is that we can often subconsciously be running from ourselves and from our emotions, the sadness, the disappointment, the, the fears, the boredom, the anxiety, the pain, the, which leads to the perpetual doing of even more. I believe Jesus has the antidote. In Matthew 11, verse 28, in the New American Standard Bible, it says, Come to me, all of you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Matthew 11, 28, in the message, thank you, Eugene Peterson says, Are you tired, worn out, burned out on religion? Come to me, get away with me, and you'll recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest. Walk with me and work with me. Watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. In Matthew eleven twenty-eight, in the Passion Translation, which I also love, it says, Are you weary? Carrying a heavy burden, come to me. I'll refresh your life for I am your oasis. I've paraphrased it myself. This is the Hayden translation. Are you completely over and sick to death of all the constant hustle, the bustle, the constant state of urgency, the paranoia, the stress, the fear-mongering, and non-stop external and internal noise? Jesus says, come to me. Come to me and you will get your life back. Your soul will begin to come alive with flickers of the Holy Spirit. You will find refreshment for your heart. You will find peace amongst the madness. You won't keep drinking from the rotten, stinking, filthy wells that is available on Netflix, social media, YouTube, news outlets, Google. And you will learn to really have a rest, to breathe. You will begin to discover who you are in the perspective of an all-loving and all-powerful and completely perfect being, which is the creator of the universe and at its core is love. The question I have for us today is how are we to come to Jesus? How are we to get away with him? I know you're all thinking it's like, yeah, great question, Hayden. How do we do that? I thought you'd never ask. The same way Jesus got away to be with his heavenly father. That's how we are to do it. Jesus had a regular rhythm of getting away in silence and solitude to be with his heavenly father. And Mark 1 verse 35, it says, Very early in the morning, ooh, that's challenging, while it was still dark, Jesus got up, left the house, and went off to a solitary place where he prayed. He went off to be by himself with his heavenly father early in the morning. 
I'm sure there wasn't a drone though. After a really large picnic and feeding 5,000 men, and I'm sure a whole bunch of women and children, he becomes really popular. He insists to his disciples, he sends everyone away and he sends his disciples away on a boat and it says that he goes up on a mountain to pray by himself. After the death of his cousin John the Baptist, he went away to be by himself. Before he chose the 12 disciples, it says that he went up on a mountain to pray all night. Jesus was led by the Holy Spirit for 40 days in the wilderness to be spent by himself being tempted by the devil. With probably the only thing being sounds of crickets and cicadas. He went before he had done anything. He'd been baptized before he had done anything in ministry. He goes away for 40 days to fast, to be in silence, and to be in solitude. If Jesus needed time to be alone with his Father, the creator of the universe, in solitude and silence, how much more do we need it? His fallible beings, how much, how much more do we need to be away in solitude with him so that we can truly live from the center of who he is in us as opposed to the external rewards or consequences or noise or fulfilling that is available out there. What is silence and solitude? First, I'm going to go to solitude. Firstly, solitude isn't about what I do or what we do. It's about what I don't do. Solitude is the practice of abstinence. It's where, it's where we deliberately withdraw from people and from work and the external stimuli to be alone with our Heavenly Father. It's intentional. It's not adding, it's subtracting. What about silence? John Mark Comer says that there are two parts to silence, and we've already talked about them briefly. External silence, it's where we shut down the external silence, the constant noise, the man-made noise, and we get away from all that noise. No external noise, and it's where we shut off and close down the internal noise. It's where we, it's where we let the internal chatterbox be turned off. Silence and solitude are a dynamic duo. They, they go together. Um, silence is to solitude what Batman is to Robin, fish is to chips, macaroni is to cheese, e-bikes to boomers, entitlement to millennials, and judginess to Gen X. They go together. They go together. Uh, theologian and author Dallas Willard says, Solitude, well practiced, will negate the power of busyness. Hear that? Solitude, well practiced, will negate the power of busyness, haste, isolation, and loneliness. You will see that the world is not on your shoulders after all. You will find yourself and God will find you in new ways. Silence also brings Sabbath to you. It completes solitude, for without it you cannot be alone. Far from being a mere absence, silence allows the reality of God to stand in the midst of your life. God does not ordinarily compete for our attention. 
It's in silence that we come to attend. Now, I know for many of us right now, you'd be like, yeah, Hayden, I'm on board. You might already have a rhythm of silence and solitude. But there are some of us who are like, Hayden, that's all very well for you. You're a pastor. You might have time to do that. Um, but, but man, the stage of life I'm in, I've got young kids. It's busy. They're, they're up so early. I'm up all night through the kids. Like, it's, it's a busy time of life. Or perhaps you're like, you know what? I'm just a get things done sort of person. I make things happen. And so silence and solitude, to be honest, Hayden, it's just like a, you know, like, it's, it's not for me. It's a waste of time. Or perhaps you're like, you know what? I'm an extrovert. Therefore, I need time with people and and, and, and so I don't need that. I, I find God through being with people. And, and, and that's great. And we do find God in community. That's true. Or you might be like, I'm a Myers-Briggs personality, like a sanguine or a choleric or, or an INTJZY and the Myers-Briggs. Or whatever you are, that may all be true. And those things may be helpful to help understand you. But I want to say today that unless we have a rhythm of silence and solitude, with the intention of being in the presence of our Creator, we will never reach the true depths and meaningfulness of for spiritual formation that God has available for us. I want to let you know, silence and solitude can be scary. It can be uncomfortable and it can even be disturbing. Honest moment. As I've been practicing silence and solitude, it often gets worse before it gets better. Like there's just, often in me, there's just so many thoughts and worries and concerns and things going on in my head. It actually takes time to almost like dive into the tunnel and, and walk through that tunnel for a period of time before we come into the light. Thomas Keating says, as we progress toward the center where God actually is waiting for us, we are naturally going to feel that we are getting worse. At the beginning, it's likely you're going to feel like you're getting worse. This warns us that the spiritual journey is not a success story or a career move. It is rather a series of humiliations of the false self. We're often never alone long enough to truly know that we're never alone. Here's some, here's some benefits, some things that I've noticed in myself. Uh, which happen when we do take the time to be in silence and solitude with God. There's just four things I want to talk to today. Silence and solitude is where we can begin to foster a deep and satisfying relationship with our Creator. Our relationship with God is no different to any other. With my wife, if I don't spend much time with her, if I don't talk to her, if I don't tell her about my dreams, my cares, my worries, and hear her about her day and her week and what's happening with her, if I don't, if I don't invest time with her to, to, to be with her, what's going to happen to that relationship? It's, it's going to dry up and shrivel up and get real ugly. And so my relationship with my wife or with my kids they spell love, T-I-M-E. It's no different with God. Unless we are fostering with intentionality a relationship with God, we won't have one with Him. The second thing I want to say is, when we take time in silence and solitude with God, we can receive the counseling we so desperately need. Now, right now, 
There is a massive need for counseling, great counselors, great psychologists. They are all very helpful and it's a good thing to do if that's what you need. But I wanna to say today, our first go-to for when we need counseling should actually be God and His Holy Spirit. Isaiah verse nine, Isaiah chapter nine verse six says, for a child will be born to us, a son will be given to us, and the government will rest on his shoulders and his name will be called, get this, Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Eternal Father, Prince of Peace. He is the Wonderful Counselor and He wants to help counsel us through all of the challenges, the trauma, the difficulties, the things that we have faced to release us into a greater sense of freedom. I, I, I'll say this again, counseling, psych, psychologists, helpful, yes, good thing. But our first go-to should be to God and the best place to go to Him is in silence and solitude. See what happens. The third point, it is the place we go to be reminded of who's running the universe. It's not you and it ain't me. We are not running the universe but we can often feel like we are the pressure, the control, the make it happen. But when we get into silence and solitude with God, we can be reminded of who He is, how much He really is in control, and it can give us a chance to breathe and realize how insignificant we are in the running of the universe. We really are, which is a great place to relax and to breathe and to rest. Colossians 3 verse 1 says, Since you have been raised to new life with Christ, set your sights on the realities of heaven, where Christ sits in the place of honor at God's right hand. Think about the things of heaven, not the things of earth, for you died to this life. You died to this life, and your real life is hidden with Christ and God. We've been raised to new life with Christ He's at the right hand of his father and he is running this place. He is God and we do not need to fear a pandemic, all these different conversations. God is in control, but we discover that and we feel like the need to control, leave our bodies, leave our minds when we come to a place to get away with him. The fourth and final thing, and I've already mentioned it briefly, is that we go to silence and solitude with God because it's where we can put to death the false self. This is so we can avoid the pitfalls of trying to be popular, trying to be liked, trying to be successful, trying to be great, trying to be something, and instead be reminded of how much we are loved and valued by our eternal God and that nothing we can do can ever separate, him, separate us from His love. And Jesus, before He's done anything, before He went away into the wilderness and His baptism, those famous words that God says from heaven to Jesus says, This is my Son whom I love and gives me great joy. That's what he says to us, and that is what we get reminded when we get away with him in silence and solitude, and everything can flow from there. Application. What would I say to you today about the silence and solitude and coming away with Jesus? What, what, what would I say to this? I'd say, hey, 
If you haven't already started the rhythm of this, start somewhere. Don't try and go from uh, zero to hero or hero to zero, <laughs> trying, to, trying to remove all these uh, distractions from your life, try and sell your children. No, don't, that's unhelpful. Uh, what I would say is start somewhere. It might look like five minutes at the beginning of the day, five minutes at the end of the day, just sitting in silence and offering a prayer with a verse, read a verse and wait. It might look like doing a setting a timer because you're like a checking the time sort of person, setting an alarm clock and going, okay, 10 minutes, I'm just going to sit here for 10 minutes and, and then stretch it out over the days and weeks. Or it might look like going away for 24 hours, just by yourself, take your Bible, take some water and get away. Get away by yourself with no noise, no devices, nothing that can distract you from being with Jesus. I'd say uh, when, when you do go away for silence and solitude, uh, be intentional, have a plan, get, get things organized so that you're able to do this. Or, or perhaps like, in that, like I said, that crazy season of life with young kids, well, perhaps you just need to find a, a little cubby hole, a cupboard or find a tree and just get, a, get away from it for a couple of minutes and, and see a few minutes and see what happens. I imagine a church that was so grounded so full of the love of Jesus that we wouldn't go off drinking from unhelpful wells. Imagine what it would look like having a community that the first place we went when we, when we needed help was to Jesus, that we went away to silence and solitude and, and, and sought the heart of our Father that, that went away and, and took the time to go, God, I'm, I'm here, I'm available Help me, lead me, change me, transform me, transform me. Imagine what a community we would have. Imagine what sort of community we would have just so full of his love, so grounded in his love. Imagine what that would look like. Imagine what that would look like in three months' time when, when say, in three months' time we get together and corporately we're worshiping together and gathering together like, like we have in the past. Imagine a community coming together and and, and not needing to be filled up with something, but being able to bring something and to be so full of worship and being available and ready to pray and give out. Imagine a community that in this season of time, that's that a, a city that's so, or a, or a country that's so full of fear and worry that we were grounded in faith and grounded in knowing that God is in control and that God is going to resolve it. And we need not fear what is going on around us because we're grounded. And so I encourage us, I petition us, give it a go, start somewhere, get away with Jesus, spend some time with Jesus and see how he speaks and see how your faith changes. I want to square up just for a moment, have a, have a real moment of honesty. The hardest part about the silence and the solitude and all of the noises, <clears throat> noise is our internal chatterbox. Like it's often so hard to turn that chatterbox off. For me, like even as I'm about to finish this message and, and head away, like there's so many self-sabotaging thoughts. There's so many things I'm thinking, why did I say that? Why did I do that? And, 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 it, and it just sort of sits there on the surface and, and causes me to react and just like almost like a, 
like a ticking time bomb in, in some ways, just with the level of like disappointment and, and even just what I'm saying today. But I want to say this is how it will work for me. As soon as I leave the studio, I'm going to make sure this guy stays away, gets thrown somewhere or put in timeout. I'm going to sit in my car, make sure there's no music, and I'm just going to sit in it. I'm going to sit in all of those judgy, critical, harsh thoughts of like, why did you say that? What was that about? They won't understand you. They won't like, and just sit there. And it's amazing, by the time I drive from here to somewhere else, 10 to 15 minutes, a lot of those inner thoughts and challenges and narrative, which is so unhelpful, will actually leave my body. They'll actually die down. When I give them to Jesus and say, hey, you have them, they'll leave. And so I would encourage you, take the time. Sit in it. It's almost like sitting in the, in the pot being boiled, you know, for a while. And, and just get through that part and you'll find God on the other side of it because he's waiting for you.